This is Lori Frary, and welcome to Pressure Valve. No long intros, just long content. Hi, JJ. How's it going today? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm awesome. I'm always awesome, no matter what they throw at me. I wanted to talk about nanotechnology. The reason why I want to talk to about it is because everybody's talking about vaccines and tracking and passports and all that stuff and magnets sticking to people's arms and all kinds of weirdness going on. And I just have to start out by saying this. There is as much misinformation and disinformation on the internet, on social media, about all of these topics as there is about aliens and flat earth and every other topic that comes to the forefront. We all have access to the same information because we're all connected to the internet. We can decide which, you know, sift through and decide which information we're going to absorb, which we're going to debunk, which we're going to just ignore out of hand, which things we're going to get excited about and negative about and all of that. One of the things I like to do and always have is when I hear about something that I don't know anything or very much about or enough about, I dig in. That's just the, my curious nature. Not everybody's like that. A lot of people think that they are, but what they satisfy themselves with is to go on the internet and see what everybody else is saying about stuff, find themselves a leader or a guru or somebody that they relate to, and they listen to what they have to say. And whether or not they trust that person, They probably wouldn't have put them to guru status if they didn't. So whatever that person has investigated and and created their so-called dogma about their beliefs, then that's what they go with. And then they stop there. And, you know, I've spoken about this many times with regards to topics like flat earth, for example, that very thing happened over and over and over again with people just being satisfied with what somebody said that sounded really intelligent and was well-crafted and put together. And that's where they stopped because they didn't have that curiosity gene that made them dig deeper and see how much of what their guru says that should be trusted. That being said, I started investigating nanotechnology pretty close to 12 years ago maybe I stumbled upon a site on the internet called data asylum the topic was just very elaborate website about nanotech and bio API and and uh, chemtrails and how the nanotech worked and how it was self-assembling and self-replicating and so on. And all of these other topics came into play, like Morgellons disease and people finding fibers, wriggling fibers coming out of their bodies. And it was so incredibly bizarre, unless you were one of those people, that it was just kind of sci-fi sounding and or am I being punked by somebody with an elaborate video of crawly things coming out of their body right. or out of the, there was a, t- a wine test at the time 
where you drove, you drank some red wine and you swished it around in your mouth and you spit it out into like a shallow dish. Then pretty soon you could see these separating particles that look like little squirmy things. And you're like, holy crap, what is that? And was that in their spit or was that in the wine or what's going on here? What mm -hmm. kind of editing are they doing? And right. you know, the whole thing. With regards to nanotechnology involved in the current situation with the vaccinations, um, the, the mRNA ones more specifically, if you already haven't investigated nanotech and how far it's come, and if you haven't already investigated that it, nanotech is everywhere, and I believe at this point every single human and probably most, if not all, of the animals and plants, all biological, absorb, absorbing, have nanotech inside of them now. Now, that might be pretty bizarre for some people to hear, but with all the chemtrails that have been going on forever, the processed foods, nanotech possibly, probably, most likely in the water supply, from runoff from chem, I mean, the whole thing can, if you, you know, if you can understand how small nanotech actually is, if you're worried about viruses jumping back and forth from person to person, nanotech's that small. <laughs> so, right, it, like, a, uh, like an atomic or molecular level type. Yeah, type. yeah, cell, cellular level, exactly. I'm sure people have seen photographs. I've posted them on my Facebook of little nanotech tracking type devices that fit in a needle inside of a syringe, blown up multiple, multiple times. I don't know how many and I don't care, but, and it could all be, you know, a fake photograph and a CGI mock-up and, and so on. But notwithstanding, nano is that small and nano has been created that is self-assembling and self-replicating. So what are the materials just, does a nano need for self-replication? Well, um, what are they made of? I mean, they're made of metals. Hmm. And they're made of a biosynthetic material and so on and so on. So let's say, for example, you know, yes, I watched a video that someone made where they took a vial of, think it was AstraZeneca, but I'm not sure, could have been Moderna vaccine, put it under a microscope, and all it was was supposed to be just the vaccine material. And inside that, by, you know, blowing it up under a microscope, they could see these little things moving around and they were assembling. And so, okay, well, if you've been thinking about this for as many years as I have, that, that comes as no surprise and doesn't even make me go, that's not real. <laughs> okay? Okay. In the, in the years that the bio, Nanotech Bio API website data asylum went down, which I think originally was put up by a whistleblower, it, it was it was just a static website, maybe a few updates over the years, but it was there forever. And a friend and I were, were talking about it very recently, like a week ago, and I have it in my bookmarks. That's how long I've had this thing. It's probably one of my first bookmarks I did on this particular computer. 
and it's gone. Website's gone. So you're like, okay, where did that go? And why did that get taken down? Well, if you know how to look for it, you can determine whether it was taken down by the ser at the server level or whether the owner of the website took it down. To the best that I can figure, the owner of the website took it down. So why now? Mm. My answer to that question is because it's game on. There's no sense for this person to probably draw any more attention to themselves than they already had. And or you've had all the time in the world, people, to find this and you did it. So right. there's also a place called the Wayback Machine, which you can go into and look up anything that used to be on the Internet. And they have screen captured all the pages to the website. So it's still there and it's called Data Asylum. And so it's not completely gone from the ether, but it, the website is not active. So having said that, that game on idea that came in my head made me start looking at some things that I hadn't looked at in a while. And then some new things. One of the things that I always revisit is the matrix because believe it or not, you know, that movie came out 22 years ago. Oh, wow. It's kind of hard to believe when you think about 22 years, but 1999 is 22 years ago and multiple movies came out after and lots of other movies came out with the con same kind of concept about, you know, futuristic, do we live in a matrix? Lots of people have evolved their thinking from things like flat earth to do we live in a, in a simulation to so on me included, of course, because, you know, everybody who's followed anything I've said over the years knows that I went through the flat earth debunking, came out the other side with, well, okay, we don't live on a globe. We don't live on this little circle disc floating in the sky with a dome over the top of it. We don't live in uh, an expanding realm, I don't think. But I do believe that and have coined the term supernatural construct, okay? Right. But it does have aspects of simulation. It does have aspects of being a computer matrix. So what I wanna do real quick, what is the next generation of neurotechnology? If you go to nextbigfuture.com, there's an article on there called DARPA Next Generation Neurotechnology and Breakthroughs from Neuralink and Open Water Red Light Scanner. Now, all of that is very bizarre. If, you, if you're just getting introduced into nanotechnology, because that's what makes all of this possible. Nanotransducers and processing units and uh, DARPA Next Generation Neuralink funding programs of development with high resolution brain interfaces without any kind of uh, surgery or implantation or whatever. And the only way that that works is with nanotechnology. When you read things like a neural interface that enables fast, effective, and intuitive hands-free interaction with military systems by able-bodied warfighters is the ultimate program goal. 
The promise of efficient warfighter multitasking and intuitive interaction with autonomous and semi-autonomous systems point to the need to develop technologies targeted at enriching human-machine interaction. In addition, it is imperative that warfighters be able to interact regularly and intuitively with artificially intelligent, semi-autonomous and autonomous systems in a manner currently possible with conventional interfaces. The N3 program will develop the interface technology required for current and future systems. High-resolution neural interfaces available today require a craniotomy for direct placement into the brain. Okay, now, so they're saying they're going to implant something, right? Right. But if you understand how nanotechnology actually works with self-assembly and self-replication, you already know that all you have to do is create a program that will interface with this, these nanos, nanobots, we'll call them for, you know, it sounds like old fashioned, but it screams to me of the Borg, you know, resistance is futile, you will be assimilated. There's only one way that that could happen. And that's with, in you know, <clears throat> nanotechnology being integrated into into humans right and that's the push for the you know transhuman movement exactly okay so then along comes neural link which anybody who's an elon musk fanboy fangirl knows that he's all about the neural link well he didn't invent neural link he bought the name and he bought it for probably something like i think I read $10,000 to own the name Neuralink, which he's done in the past. And anybody who really wants to dig into debunking Elon Musk, you can go on YouTube and I believe there's a couple of film, film videos that are like debunking Elon Musk or something like that, which I have watched. I have never been an Elon Musk fanboy. So I, I, don't believe the guy is has the genius level mentality he's just another narcissist who has bought his way to his celebrity Hmm. that pisses people off who like him and like futuristic stuff but too bad okay so then that leads me to the next thing the fda u.s food and drug administration you go to their website and it's fda.gov forward slash safety forward slash FDAS Sentinel Initiative. So you look up Sentinel Initiative and you're like, holy crap, where have I heard Sentinel before? Well, 22 years ago in the Matrix, uh-huh. the Sentinels were the, were the robot creatures that chased the out of the matrix people around all over the place right yeah broke through their ships killed them so on okay so for them to even for the fda to even use the word sentinel initiative is pretty freaky all in it all on its own right but just the opening it's the opening line on the website, transforming transforming how we monitor the safety of FDA-regulated products. 
Monitoring the safety of its regulated products is a major part of the FDA's mission to protect public health. Sentinel is the FDA's national electronic system, which has transformed the way researchers monitor the safety of FDA-regulated medical products, including drugs, vaccines, biologics, and medical devices. In response to the FDA Amendments Act of 2007, in May 2008, the FDA launched the Sentinel Initiative. Okay, 2008. How long ago has that been already? So the first phase of this initiative was the mini-Sentinel pilot to inform the development of the Sentinel system. Obviously, the Sentinel system is a database. In September 2014, the FDA began transitioning from the mini-Sentinel phase to the full Sentinel system, which officially launched in February of 2016. Over time, Sentinel has developed the largest multi-site distributed database in the world dedicated to medical product safety. It is constantly growing and improving to meet FDA's needs. In September 2019, now we're getting really close to the Event 201 timing, right? Right. In September 2019, FDA announced Sentinel would expand to three distinct coordinating centers, Sentinel Operations Center, Innovation Center, and Community Building and Outreach Center. The Operations Center will continue to leverage organizational partnerships in the areas of epidemiology, clinical medicine, pharmacy, statistics, health informatics, data science, specifically artificial intelligence, natural language processing, machine learning, and network operations to support post-market safety analysis. The Innovation Center will develop innovative methods to further advance Sentinel, including exploring novel ways, novel ways <laughs> to extract and structure information from electronic health records in the future. The Community Building and Outreach Centers will focus on communication and collaboration as well as deepening stakeholder involvement and broadening awareness, access, and use of Sentinel tools and data infrastructure. Okay, so then it goes on to the Sentinel collaborators, okay? And it has a list of, from the Sentinel Operations Centers, and it starts listing collaborators. That means those who are providing data to the database, okay? okay? Lead, Harvard Pilgrim Healthcare, Anthem Medical, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Booz Allen Hamilton, Brigham and Women's Hospital, HCA Healthcare, Harvard School of Public Health, Kaiser, 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 Medicare, Myers Primary Care Institute, uh, Rutgers University, Tennessee Medicaid, University of Florida, University of Iowa, University and state after state after state. Okay. So that means that all of these systems of data collection, which we all know the healthcare industry is collecting as much data as they can on every single person. And now it's all flowing into this Sentinel Innovation Center and, and system. And I'm, I've been scrolling the whole time I've been talking and I'm 
and the list is continuing. Microsoft Healthcare, Microsoft Research, Stanford University, University of Pennsylvania, patients like me, no telling who all has joined this thing since they made the list. So now add that to what is a what is an API? An API is an application programming interface. You've likely seen the term API come up. Operating system, web browser, and app updates often announce new APIs for developers. But what is an API? The term API is an acronym and it stands for Application Programming Interface. Think of an API like a menu in a restaurant. The menu provides a list of dishes you can order along with a description of each dish. When you specify what menu items you want, the restaurant's kitchen does the work and provides you with some finished dishes. You don't know exactly how the restaurant prepares that food and you don't really need to. Similarly, an API lists a bunch of operations that developers can use along with a description of what they do. The developer doesn't necessarily need to know how, for example, an operating system builds and presents a save as dialog box. They just need to know that it's available for use in their app. This isn't a perfect metaphor as developers may have to provide their own data to the API to get the results. So perhaps it's more like a fancy restaurant where you can provide some of your own ingredients the kitchen will work with. But it's broadly accurate. APIs allow developers to save time by taking advantage of a platform's implementation to do the nitty-gritty work. This helps reduce the amount of code developers need to create and also helps create more consistency across apps for the same platform. APIs can control access to hardware and software resources. So, what is Nano? Hardware. What is it, how is it being programmed by software resources? Nano API is simply a method of controlling how you put things together. So what I just read though, there was this little part that jumped out at me. Similarly, an API lists a bunch of operations that developers can use along with a description of what they do. The developer doesn't necessarily need to know how, for example, an operating system builds and presents a save as dialog box. They just need to know that it's available for use in their app. So what is that? That is the epitome of compartmentalization. If you don't need to know, you just have it to use. You, you don't know why it's there. You just are happy that it is. So if you've got, if everybody's got these nanos inside of them, and let's just say for, for the sake of the discussion that they do, how does that make you feel that you have alien technology alien to your body not alien like out of the world but alien technology inside your body does it make you feel a little creepy well extremely especially considering that i'm around so many you know computers phones cell towers and things like that i don't know why but it, it would make me feel additionally insecure okay 
And so if you have your phone with you and you walk into a place and your phone flashes a screen that says, would you like to Bluetooth to their Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi, ava Wi-Fi available? How does that work? It got a signal that a Bluetooth connection between your device and some device in the place can connect, right? Right. Just like when you take your phone into your car, and your car, if it's relatively new, will Bluetooth with your phone and work over the car system so you can have a hands-free phone conversation or texting or whatever you want to do, right? Right. Even to the point where it will read your texts for you. <laughs> if, if All you have to do is, you know, you got a new text. Oh, you just tell it, read, read it to me. And right. so some form of a Siri reads, reads the text to you. So all of that inter interconnectivity should already tell you that, okay, this is happening with your phone. Your phone has an operating system in it. More than likely it's either Apple or Android. By the way, most people don't even care, but Android was created by Google. Google being the number one, by far and away percentage-wise, largest browser in, in the world, okay? Internet right. browser. You can watch any number of, um, of uh, shows on Netflix or YouTube or documentaries about how all that works and the scary part of all the data collection and so on and how Google is manipulating searches for people and how you get what you get and, and so on. So you, you have to kind of just be smart enough to take the leap of what, how long ago has that technology been around? Long enough ago that this new technology has also been around for years and years and is probably already active. Right. So if you went out and got the vaccine, okay, bless your heart, <laughs> in parentheses, if you went out and got the vaccine, you you have been implant, implanted with technology. They admit it on their websites. They brag about mRNA technology. If you really go and dig in deep, you will understand what mRNA technology is. And so if you have technology implanted into your body that tells your cells what to do, Eek. Isn't that enough right there to tell you that there is an intelligent technology that is controlled by a pre-programmed app or can be controlled from outside of the body? Just like your Bluetooth device says there's something here to connect to. Now... Having said that, there's a video circulating of a guy who got the AstraZeneca, says that he got the AstraZeneca um, vaccine, and he's sitting in a bar, 
and his phone is sitting in front of him and his phone it says, would you like to connect to AstraZeneca by Bluetooth? Bluetooth to AstraZeneca, okay? Oh and he said, everywhere I go, this message keeps popping up because AstraZeneca is trying to Bluetooth to my phone. Now, why would AstraZeneca be trying to Bluetooth to his phone? There has to be an app already applied for or okayed or updated on your automatic updates or something right. for that to happen. Or the entire video is bullshit and bogus and made up to scare people. Right. Now you decide which one it is. Okay. Cause the guy walks up, <clears throat> excuse me, to a television in the bar and the closer he gets to it, there comes the message again. Would you like to, or would you like to Bluetooth to AstraZeneca? And it says right there on his phone. And he shows it to the camera. AstraZeneca. That's wild. <clears throat> All right. Now, being enough tech savvy as I am, I can figure out a way that they could be doing that to fake the whole thing. Right? Right. They could have another device in his pocket that is named right. AstraZeneca. Just like it's Lori's phone or JJ's phone. Right. It was easy to fake. Yeah. Okay. And so that AstraZeneca named device is trying to Bluetooth to his phone. They're trying to connect together. So that's how you could fake that. Right. So again, everybody has got just as much access to the internet, <laughs> bullshit and truth combined and everything in between so you have to decide how much of what's going on you can believe and how fearful you need to be well i for one am completely not fearful why because i believe we live in a supernatural construct therefore i believe that there is the god's created construct and the satanic <clears throat> B-system matrix construct that is trying to take over the people right. and control them, okay? So do I fear that construct? I, c I fear what they will do, what it can do to those who are completely unaware of what the heck they're involved with. I myself have unplugged as much as possible from the matrix. I'm one of the guys floating around in the Nebuchadnezzar, you know, yeah. with the, with this, with the sentinels after me all day long, right. <laughs> but I'm going to go with the premise that every single one of us has, has nanotech inside of us. And it's no different than eating processed food and, you know, chewing it up and swallowing it and it gets into our gut system. Now, is it capable of getting out of the gut into the body? Don't know. Seems like that's a closed system, but if a nano can float around in your bloodstream, then I'm pretty sure in order for nutrients to get out of your gut and into your bloodstream, right. there's a way, right? Right. It would have to be. Okay. So drinking water, same thing, nanotechnology in it. Breathing air, 
with chemtrails and whatever else they're dumping in the sky up there for their global dimming. If there's nanotechnology and what they're dumping into the sky, then it's filtering down through the air. And if you walk outside at all, you're going to breathe it. You breathe it into your lungs. What is the purpose and function of your lungs? Bring to supply oxygen, oxygen to yeah. your blood, right? Right. There you go. Interface. One system to another. Ugh. So... Does that panic me that I have nano in me? No. That you have nano, that we all have nano in us? That most likely if we have it, all biological species have it? Right. But we I mean, plants it. uptake water from the soil. This crap rains down on the soil. They suck it up in their root system. Plant life gets the nano. We eat the plants. Little wonder why everybody had the big push for veganism not too long ago, right. not over the last years. Right. Oh, All right. So what do you think about what I've, no, what I've said so far? It's pretty mind blowing. And um, I've just been trying to read up on MRNA and how that technology works. And it was saying um, it's a single strand molecule carries genetic code, but basically it can be, this mRNA vaccine can be programmed to do a certain set of instructions. So I feel like if it can be programmed to do that, you know, uh, are they going to give us a new vaccine every year with new programming updates or would they be able to do that through, you know, electromagnetic frequencies? Is it that kind of easily manipulable? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of crazy to think about. Well, let me ask you this. How does your, how does your cell phone get updates? I have through the cloud. I, <laughs> No. Your cell phone, I would say at this point, 90 plus percent of people leave their phone on 24-7. They plug it in to charge overnight. They have it set for automatic updates. Usually those updates are done in the middle of the night so as not to slow down your phone during high usage times. So your phone is pretty much like you. When you're sleeping you're probably getting updates. Hmm. Now that sounds kind of bizarre, but let's just say it's a high likelihood that humans are getting, getting screwed with, getting updated, okay? Now, before I've talked about NPCs or non-player characters or whatever you want to call them. And it's kind of a joke and it's kind of sarcastic and meme-like. But at the same time, it's become quite evident to people with any degree of high intelligence over the last year, specifically, how dumbed down and control mind-controlled mind-washed humanity has become. Otherwise, why would there be so many people who just automatically did whatever the programmers out there of the world, the who, the governments, the mayors and governors of states told them to do because it's best for, for humanity you wear the mask and you social distance and you stay home and frontline workers and all of that stuff. Okay. 
So then there were the massive amount of dissidents, not so much at the beginning, but started growing very quickly. Some people within the first few days of the whole pandemic, shutdown, freak out, so on. Just like the same kind of people who noticed that the Twin Towers fell down straight down into their footprint like a demolition compared to those people who were like, oh my God, planes hit and, you know, fuel, jet fuel, and, you know, believed the, the mainstream accepted explanation for what went on that day. Yeah. Okay, so on top of that, those of us who studied the mRNA vaccine because we already were not anti-vax, which is a, you know, a term they made up to, to form a dissident idea of us anyway already. Right, like the, but, like the word conspiracy theorist as well. Right, yeah. right. Okay, so, so there's the vaccine hesitant those who want to see what the heck it's all about and want to do some research first before they go jump on board. And then there's the, the vaccine, anti-vaccine adamant, (laughs) never going to happen, never going to get one. Don't care what you say. So here's all these people who, you know, jump on the bandwagon right off the bat, couldn't wait to get their vaccine. Fine. No problem. I'm not even talking to you. And then there were those who had to get the vaccine because they were coerced or whatever, because they had to keep their job or their income coming in or their family pressured them or for whatever reason, they went ahead and did it. Right? Those were the hesitants. Then there's the adamants. Now, how do you get this, this update, this vaccine into the adamants? Well, that immediately started the concept of the shedding. Oh, they're shedding. They're shedding the nanos. They're shedding the, you know, mRNA. Okay. Now, those are the same people who didn't believe that (laughs) viruses shed or viruses caused the illness in the first place. All right. Right. You can't believe in terrain theory and then believe in shedding. Right. 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 I mean, for those who don't know the difference, there's germ theory and terrain theory. Germ theory is that little creatures are jumping from person to person and infecting other people. Terrain theory is the vice versa of that, that people get ill because their body has been poisoned with something it doesn't like and it's trying to rid it of it. And so therefore it is ill doing a detoxification. That's the simplest I can make it. Mm-hmm. All right. So right off the bat, Fauci comes out with, if we don't vaccinate 90% of the people, 90% of the population, that's how we're, you know, that's the only way we're going to get to herd immunity and wipe out this virus. And then pretty qu- quickly, he rolled that back to 70%. Okay. Okay. And then the next thing you know, you're starting to get reports that 45% of the people have achieved full vaccination or at least one dose, 45% of the American population. Now I'm just talking about America, don't have stats on the other parts of the world, but I do know that a billion 
they're already touting a, over a billion vaccines have been given out worldwide. Well, I think it's far more than that, but maybe that's an old stat. But regardless, let's go with the 45%. If these things are, this MRA, nanos, whatever, are self-replicating and self-assembling, and if they have the capacity to escape the body through mucus, sputum, touching your mouth and touching objects and so on, since they are not alive, right? Right. Their, their technology, <clears throat> then we don't have to worry about how long they stay alive on the kitchen counter right. or on the handle of the shopping cart or whatever. So if in fact there is some movement from person to person, human to human of the technology that they've vaccinated people with, and if it has doubled from its original, you know, how many people have been vaccinated, what, what do you get when you double 45%? 90%. 90%. What's the first number Fauci came out with? 90%. So suddenly, when we hit the 45%, what happens? They start rolling back all of these mandates. Now the fully vaccinated don't have to wear masks and they don't have to social distance and they can go and do as they please and you don't have to get tested anymore and yada, yada, yada. Now, course it said the fully vaccinated get all their freedoms back but the what nothing was said about the unvaccinated or the never vaccinated or the under vaccinated so did they is a game on have they if they got 90 percent and they've achieved the the number they needed to feel like they controlled as much of the population as they possibly could once they implement their little programs and start updating people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it certainly seems that way. What is that old saying about oh, yeah. correlation, correlation does not equal causation? Correct. Am I correlating causation? Mm. I, I have to consider it. Right. 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 I mean, I've considered everything else up to now, so why wouldn't I consider that they have come up with a technology that they can integrate into humanity without doing anything to directly inject them or do surgery or whatever? Now, for years, what have everybody been screaming about? Chips, implants, tracking, all of that. Are you kidding me? You think they need to inject a chip into your into right. the top of your hand? No, they just need you to eat enough McDonald's, probably. I mean, <laughs> First step that is such archaic technology. That's like the first great big fat cell phone people had to carry around with a battery pack to to charge it and and be hooked up to so-called satellites and right. oh god <laughs> and um, what do you think the ultimate i mean what do you think the ultimate end goal is then to implant us with this technology to turn us into literal robot people or <laughs> all right well as with anything i have to always ask 
just like anything else, is the intention of the tech. Is it malevolent or benevolent intention to create and use this technology? They make it sound very benevolent saying nanotech. Yeah, because they think, you know, we can cure people and we'll be able to track people. We'll be able to have these little sensors moving around, these little sentinels moving around in your bloodstream and your lymphatic system and so on, right? They're talking about being able to regulate your BMI through Neuralink and how water can, they can make nanotechnology that will purify water and keep it pure and keep food from spoiling. I mean, it all sounds like, oh, okay, this is great. And we're really moving into the future here, but. Yeah. (laughs) Well, just like anything else, you know, it's back to the hammer theory. You can use a hammer to build a house or you can use it to bash somebody's head in. It's just a hammer. It's just a tool. It's the intent of the user that makes it a weapon or some beneficial tool. So if you've got people out there who are completely compartmentalized, right? Right. Then you can convince people who are in these compartmentalized divisions. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about this. You know, you just focus on this one thing. You've got brilliant scientists deep in the bowels of DARPA. If you don't know what DARPA is, look it up. It's a branch of the military that it does science, okay? They pretty much just set those people free, saying, here, study this, study that. And one of them says, hey, I got a new idea to study. Here you go. Here's stuff. Here's lab. Here's money and equipment and so on, okay? And the purpose of it being under the military is that if somebody works at DARPA comes up with some amazing new device or idea that can ultimately be used for a weapon, well, they want first grabs at it. Now, whether or not they, you know, it ultimately has a a weapon reuse, which back to the hammer thing, (laughs) it's all about intent. When I think about all of this technology, I think about two things. That there are those out there who have been convinced that it's for the benefit of humanity. And then I understand that there are those out there who are coerced into advancing some of this technology for the purpose of controlling humanity. Does that make me a conspiracy theorist? No, that makes me a conspiracy realist because in reality, in history, there have been multiple times when some numbnuts wanted to control the people for, for their sake, for the people's sake, for money's sake, for whatever's sake, okay? Right. And so since we're rapidly approaching or maybe already got to, or it's complete bullshit, don't know which one, 8 billion people, that's a lot of people to control. You don't have to control all of them, but if you can control the bulk of them, then you're not going to have an uprising. So having said all of this, why am I saying it? Am I doing it to create FUD? fear, uncertainty, and doubt? Am I doing it to create, to add to their, you know, fear campaign? Absolutely not. But what I am going to say 
next you may or may not like not you jj but listeners you may or may not like but i'm gonna say it anyway because this is where my mind is taking me if you don't have protection from this technology you will be the borg you will be assimilated sooner or later now if it took 22 years for people to wake up to the matrix and if it's taken 20 years for people to know about nanotechnology if it's taken 20 years all these 20 years is you know agenda 2020 was designed 30 years ago for last year (laughs) okay if you don't understand where they came up with the whole idea for a pandemic in the first place and how they were already planning how they were going to utilize using the pandemic at with the world economic forum processes and in and the in-depth research and and planning and implementation that they've done and add all the other like organizations of the world from the UN to the WHO to the FDA, I mean, all of it. All right. So what I'm going to say next is if you don't have any protection from it, you will be borged. You will be assimilated. Now, where do you get protection? That's up for you, for you, the listener to decide what I've decided is I believe in God. I believe that God created this life, the universe and everything. And I believe God is in control of it and God can protect it. And so my protection is God. I, I can't possibly think of another protection that mankind can come up with to protect themselves or humanity from little bitty cellular level nanotechnology that is being implemented into every biological form form in on earth. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So if that turned you off, then you find another way. (laughs) If, if believing in God and having God in you, and I'm talking about God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. If, you, if that's not in you, and you don't believe and you don't have faith in that, then you're going to have to find another way because that's the way I'm going to use it. That's the way I'm going to believe it. And having said that, I can honestly say that that completely relieves me of fear about all of it. Me too. Now, if, if you don't have that and you're not going to go there, you are going to have to find another way to be relieved of the fear because I don't know about you, but I don't want to be taken over. I don't want updates brought into my head every night to change my naturally created and born programming. <laughs> If, if, if I'm an avatar and this is a supernatural construct, then it, I was programmed and whether you want to think of it, you know, creation in your simplest form or your techiest form, it, 
creation was a program. And if you don't have 100% control of your own avatar and your own programming, then you are at the mercy of the matrix of the world. Hmm. So there is hope. And that is uh, a hallelujah speech right there coming from me. Amen. That I feel like as long as I have my creator God connected directly to me, I have, I have protection from malware. I think that's God is malware bites times 1 billion. Right. And, and that's the side of good. If you just want to look at it, not as God and Satan, but good and evil, we're told to overcome evil with good. And that, you know, even a tiny light can light up a whole dark room and that kind of a thing. So if we look at our strength in being on the right side as incrementally like larger than the other side, I think we're good. Well, I mean, obviously we were born of the, to this time and we were born into this world and we were, we, as children, we became of this world, but at any moment in time, once you wake up to what this world has become and how it's been altered, just like when I talk about before about the difference between the analog and the digital. Slowly but surely, everything in God's creation is trying, Satan, evil, evil forces, whoever they are, what, wherever the, the programming is coming from to make them do it, they're trying to alter God's analog creation to digital because they cannot control the analog creation, but they can manipulate the digital. So slowly over time, everything has been converted from analog to digital. And if there is such a thing that can create digital humans, this is it. This is how they're doing it. And so once you become digitized, when you hook up to the great server at night when you're sleeping, and updates are automatically downloaded. Just like I tell people all the time, I don't dream. I don't dream anymore. Why is that? Why don't I dream? Why don't I get hooked up to the dreamscape at night? Huh. Because I'm not getting updated with those updates. Those matrix updates. Now that you say it's that. all I can think of. I haven't dreamed in a long time either. Good for you. I used to have really great, beautiful, lucid dreams, dreams that I would love. And I would, you know, wake up and I go, oh my God, I want to go back in that dream. That was wonderful. That was fun. And then I've had just the most epic, don't look in the basement nightmares. Okay. Mm -hmm. That when I wake up every single time I'm laying on my back and I don't usually sleep on my back. And so why am I on my back and why am I having nightmares? Mm -hmm. Get off your back. Yeah. So I think about the matrix chair where they lay down in the matrix chair and they jack into the system right. off the back of the neck. And, you know, I know how to do Kung Fu or whatever. Right. <laughs> this one topic is all I wanted to do this short, you know, one hour ish type talk about because I, you know, I, I like to give people information, but I also like to impart some hope 
in if I'm given bad, you know, if I'm giving scary information. I don't know if you haven't got God inside of you and you haven't have don't have a relationship and you don't have that protection, then maybe you ought to think about it a little bit. If you're still and adamantly opposed to that, then you're going to have to find another way to save yourself or you're just going to have to go with it. At some point, you won't know the difference. At some point, you will be so mind controlled that you won't know you're mind controlled because your entire cognitive conscious system will be unable to recognize it. And that's how apps work. That's how programming works. That's how NPCs work. So if you're not one of those, then you're, you're going to have to think about all this stuff and you're going to have to figure out what you're going to do about it. And don't just do it out of fear. Like, okay, I can believe in God because then I get, you know, protected. God knows the difference. He knows if you're serious or not because right. he's God and he created all of this this wonderful supernatural construct and I'm going to end this with, and I know I didn't give you a lot of chance to talk and I'm so glad that you became my, my Ed McMahon for the day <laughs> if for no other reason than just to give me somebody to talk to, to say this all out loud to JJ. Oh, and I, I, I thank you from the bottom of my heart for that. Okay. Because what is flowing out of me is coming from above, from the Holy Spirit, telling me to tell people to tell, to understand this stuff. And it may not be today, and it may not be tomorrow, and it may not be next year, but it is the intention of the programmers, of the, the, those who want to model society the way they think it should run not the way you think it should run and not your own free thinking, free will life. So well, it's you have a super good day. And do you have any closing remarks you'd like to jump in there with JJ? Just a response to your thank you. Thank you for sharing and for taking the time out of your day to, you know, spread this information because a lot of this is stuff I wouldn't have even looked into because they're, trying so hard to distract us. <laughs> I've often been charged with you think too much, okay? From people who don't like to think. And so I take it upon myself to think because I enjoy thinking and I enjoy learning things I don't know about. And I definitely know that there's bad intentioned people out there and I wanna know what they're up to and I don't wanna get blindsided. So, that's why I look at some of this stuff and that's why I connect some of the dots that I do. And if I'm wrong, if I'm completely off base with this and this is all, you know, just evolving tech that is, you know, going to improve humanity like the washing machine or something simple, then okay, perfect, wonderful. But I always have to think about that evil snidely whiplash out there who has bad intentions and so on. 